The red-hot Oregon State baseball team looks to keep things going this weekend. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Beaver Man Beat Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thursday slash later in the week edition of the Beaver Man Beat Podcast. Then we're up at episode 18 now. It's getting up there. We're getting rolling here. Uh, things are starting to fall into place, and it's still early in the recording, but you might notice something a little bit different here today, and hopefully moving on forward from here on out. Um... We're outsourcing some production now, so no longer is it all amateur hour for me, um, but I'd like to give a huge shout out to uh, a good friend of mine, Mr. Jacob Platt Devlin, 40 Platt FC on Twitter, for kind of lending a hand and, and giving some experience and now working on editing up the, part the podcast and making it sound just a little bit cleaner. Uh, for all the listeners out there, so something that I'm very excited for, something that I tried, <laughs> but uh, you know, the best I could do was edit out us, ums, and try my best to make my cat less heard in the background. So a very big welcome uh, to Mr. JPD and a huge, huge thank you. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy that little bit of an upgrade that we've got going there. And uh, without further ado, we'll get into the topic of the day, which is a little bit of a change here for the beginning of the show. We will get baseball. We will get uh, into the USC preview, but I got to sound the alarms. It is Wednesday, April 12th, uh, as I record, and I originally saw this tweet on Tuesday, April 11th, but to the best of my knowledge, a unbiased source on Twitter not a verified source or not anybody that maybe uh, carries much weight, but we were officially slotted in. The Oregon State Beavers were slotted in the national title contenders for football, uh, which I know we've all known it for a while that it could be in play here, Pac-12 or or greater, but we're all Beaver fans. So of course, you know, we're, we're on that wave, but to the best of mind, I went on the Twitter page and it was just bashing um, UW Twitter. Uh, but he also, his profile picture is the guy wearing a Michigan hat. So um, you heard it here first, folks. That's what April 11th on Twitter. People are saying that the Oregon State Beaver football team is a national title contender this year. Um, so if I wasn't already excited enough for the season to get here, now that it's just building, I'm waiting on the email. I say any day. It'll probably be a week or two, but I'm looking to select my seats my season tickets and get ready for a slew of Saturdays down at Reister Stadium watching DJU and the gang. Um, thank you to Angie Machado for uh, keeping the Beaver Blitz updated on the lodge with the spring practice notes. God, I'm just itching. I watch that Reister Stadium webcam every single day, even though for the last couple of weeks it doesn't look like it's changed much. I think they're all doing the the internals of it now they've got the bones up and ready, but boy, it is going to be an exciting, exciting fall on the Oregon State campus and one that hasn't been in a very long time. And these podcasts are going to be hours long once football season rolls around because, folks, I will have nothing to, to stop talking about. I will go and go and go and uh, very excited for that. Also, if you're reading or listening to this before Friday night, 
um, wanted to give a heads up and another shout out here uh, to the Pasty Milkman, Zach, from Cascadia Corner and the No Truck Stops podcast. Uh, Friday night, they will be doing a rewatching of the 2006 Oregon State USC game. Um, so hop into that. I think this is starting off at 4.30. I've got work, so I'm going to try and hop in and do a little multitasking. Um, but that should be a fun time to kind of hang out with some Beaver fans, Pac-12 fans, hopefully some USC fans are in there, and, and watch one of the best games in, in Oregon State football history. Um, so again, shout out Zach for the invite there. And I will be tuning in and doing my best to keep up with that. I think that's all I've got on football. Basketball brings in a JUCO transfer. So uh, at least, you know, there is an addition to the program. Although it be maybe a small one to the eye, those guys can, can be hidden gems sometimes on there. Um, so Wayne is out working the recruiting trail and hoping to build that team better for next season. But now jumping into the baseball program and the weekend preview, uh, what a pickup for the Beavs over the midweek game against Gonzaga. A 15-1 to beating of the Bulldogs on home turf there in Corvallis. I think Gonzaga got out to a one nothing lead in the first inning. Um, so Oregon State would have put up 15 unanswered. And this is a Gonzaga team that was ranked earlier in the season and also a team that was playing in the regionals last season. Uh, so not a, not a pushover of the ball club by any sense of the imagination. A little bit of a down year for them, 12 and 17. But they've played it a, a much more loaded schedule, I think, because of that tournament run. They had four games against Texas Tech, three against Tennessee, um, before getting into their conference play. Uh, but overall, not a bad program to go out there and really dismantle. Uh, I'll tell you, Tennessee, they didn't have any wins of that sort over over them. Tennessee beat them three times, 8-2, 7-2, to and then 17-9. Um, so a really nice showing for the Beavers there. And they'll hope to ride that momentum and keep those bats hot as the Trojans of USC come to town. Similar to the Ducks, the Trojans come in on a little bit of a win streak here, rattling off uh, five in a row since their last loss, which came to the hands of the Utah Utes. Um, that being said, all five wins, though, are against a group of five conferences. You've got a Loyola Marymount win, series sweep over San Diego State, and then they won their midweek against Cal State Fullerton last night, 4-2-3. Uh, so one thing that jumped off the page to me numbers-wise when I pulled up USC's website here, um, obviously that 9-3 and conference record is a really, really nice conference record, but they have only had the two road series. And it's against 11 and 10 in the power rankings. It was Cal and Utah. So they've really had an easy run of things on the road where they've hosted their really their bigger series. They hosted Washington State. Um, and then they also hosted Stanford, which they took that series, if you remember back to the very first weekend of conference play. So two tougher series at home, two easier series on the road. And now I think they'll have their first real challenge of a ball club on the road that's playing good baseball pitching well, hitting well, and a team in USC that seems to struggle on the road. Um, I was blown away here. They've played 20 home games already this season and only 11 away games. 
and they are four six and then they have a tie there i don't know that away game i'm trying to see what happened there i'm gonna not pulling up there but that's a pretty big difference in record from home to away the splits there 16 and 4 at home 4 and 6 and that one tie on the road so a team that really struggles a bit on the road and we saw that earlier in the season when they went on the road to play to play a good team in auburn that's where that one tie comes out um, it was that sunday game travel day kind of stuck things up there um, that was their one tie of the game and auburn baseball you know Kind of sound like a broken record, but also not a bad team. Uh, 19 and 13 in SEC play is nothing to kind of turn a blind eye to. Coming off a series loss, a couple of them in a row there, but still, um, they pretty much did a little two game sweep of USC there with that third game tie. So I feel good this weekend for the Beavers welcoming USC into town. Just a team that seems to not have all their wits about them on the road. And hopefully we can get some good weather in Corvallis this weekend and get Goss filled up and make this a really tough place to play for this visiting Trojans team. As This is a massive, massive conference weekend for the Beavers as they did make a pretty decent jump in the RPI up 11 spots from, I believe they were 58th and they are now, or 60, they were 65th, they are now 54th. Um, so I thought that was a nice move. And then I was, Oregon just dropped to 12. Um, so I was a little bummed to see that, um, that they lose a series at home to a team RPI wise, it's ranked quite a bit lower. Um, and they only dropped one, but, uh, that is all computer based and a little bit beyond my knowledge there. But, uh, looking at taking a brief look at these stats for USC, your, your main dog, your catalyst here. Uh, batting average wise is going to be Austrian Overn, but your run producer is Cole Gabrielson. Uh, both those guys hitting above 330. Uh, it looks like Overn just really puts the ball in play and absolutely flies. Only two home runs, but he's got seven doubles and 10 triples. How often do you see a guy have more triples than he's got doubles? I don't have the stats on me on hand, but that seems like something that you rarely see uh, in the game of baseball. 15 walks to 21 strikeouts, so not a team that strikes out a ton here. Uh, Gabrielson leads the team with 36, uh, but that's going to be, you know, he's your power hitter. What you get with home runs, you also get with strikeouts. That being said, Gabrielson's got eight long balls on the season. Plays in a little bit more of a conducive environment to home runs with a lot of those games that they've played in Southern California and just the South in general. Uh, So a little bit warmer temps, the ball fly a little bit better there. But that is looking kind of like, you know, it's uh, again, uh, the broken record piece. This team has four or five guys you really got to stay away from. And then after that, you just got to make sure the other guys don't kill you. Uh, you're looking to see here that that really falls off after Nick Lopez and you got 287 and lower for everybody. You got a couple guys hitting higher up there with 354s and 429s, but those guys don't have enough at-bats for those to really count as solidified, um, I guess, numbers, if you will, on the website. They are grayed out. So it's tricky here. 
This is going to be one of those that we've seen in the last couple weeks now with Washington and Oregon. But we also saw it with Stanford, and Stanford was able to kind of put all the pieces together. And, you know, their, their bottom of the order guys are probably a little bit better than USC bottom of the order guys or Oregon and Washington's bottom of the order guys. But still, it's I think the name of the game this weekend is going to be these guys at the top of the order, are, are they're going to have a player role. They're going to get hits. They're going to get on base. The big thing is now minimizing the other guys in the order from doing any damage. Uh, a little bit of like a death by a thousand paper cuts, if you will. You got to make sure that the, the big guys, keep them in check. Let them get on singles. Hopefully no doubles, no triples, no homers. Um, and then really limit those bottom of the order guys from producing, which is just going to come with good pitching. Uh, I know Rich Dorman's got that crew dialed in. I forget the exact stat, but I saw an, an ERA stat from over the course of the season so far that has the Beavers pitching at, at quite a prime rate, um, something that will set them up for a lot of success if they can get into the tournament there at the end of the season. And this would be a, a taking this weekend series would be a huge step to get them uh, into a little bit more of a solidified position to make that final round of 64 there. I'm still totally not disqualifying the fact that uh you know the beefs could take a couple series here on the way out and find themselves hosting a regional you just got to crack that top 16 and you've got the opponents in front of you to do it you've got usc you've got arizona state and you've still got ucla um, ucla on the road so a bit of a tricky one but oregon state looks to not really be playing too poorly on the road um, 10 and 4 at home still another and also a winning record on the road as well as uh, at eight and six don't don't count them out don't count them out three games against sc three against arizona state those three against arizona i mean because in between those big series you've got series that you should win utah arizona near midweeks you should take care of seattle grand canyon portland oregon western carolina to round it out hopefully get the arms all back and in check but i think this roster is starting to come together I think the lineup is starting to finally get a, a true form. Guys are starting to learn their roles, know their roles, and all of those things are very, very important in having a productive lineup top to bottom. You can't have guys going out there and trying to be a one-man show. As much as it seems like it would be ideal to just have every guy try and hit for the fences or, or produce all the runs, uh, realistically, that it's just not quite how a good baseball offense flows. You need guys to know their roles in the other positions. And Mitch Canham is getting those guys to know where they're at and what they're supposed to do. And it's starting to show with the amount of runs put up in the last couple games here. And is hopefully something that the Beavs can just continue to build on and solidify going into postseason play. As for my performers of the weekend predictions, I've got a couple hot ones here for you. Well, Kind of. I think my batting one is going to be a bit of a, a hot one, a hot key topic, but I think pitching, it'll be pretty standard. Give me Trent Sellers this weekend. I've got a feeling that this guy is going to come out bummed about, not that he had a bad performance, but just bummed about that Friday game being the only game they lost to Oregon. And I think he is going to come out and spin an absolute gem against this USC offense. Double-digit strikeouts. Give him six innings, maybe more. Uh, it's going to be tough with those double-digit strikeout numbers, but I think he's going to be absolutely on another level. He's going to get that crowd at Goss just 
absolutely electric. Uh, give me a give me a first inning striking out of the side. Uh, you heard it here first. That is my prediction. Yeah, all three up. Not quite an immaculate inning. He's going to have a couple balls in there. He's got to mix things up a bit. He'll strike out all three in the first. Beads will come in the bottom half, push one across, and, and really set the tone for the weekend. And for my prediction for the uh, player of the weekend here is going to be, oof, let's see. I think I'm going to keep with a bit of a hot hand here. Give me Brady Casper to be the big dog on campus this weekend. Um, I know you got a right-handed going on Friday. I believe that their Saturday guy is also a um, right-hander there. And then their Sunday, yeah, I, I believe their whole weekend rotation are right-handers, which I think bodes well for the Oregon State lineup as Cam can kind of mix and match things matchup-wise to really – kind of give the beads an edge there but obviously you know with the, the beads rotation and it's the same boat um a lot of right handers just on this pitching staff in general um kelho a strong lefty who gave a really good outing against gonzaga last night but yeah this is uh this lineup starting to take form and starting to really kind of show some muscle here yeah, which is exactly what you need as you get into these times of the season um, and especially in Pac-12 play, which looking at what a weekend slate. I talked about it briefly on Tuesday's episode, um, but I know sometimes it's hard to, to catch all of these. So I'll go over it just a little bit again, but um, Cal-Utah, one of my favorite series of the week, uh, just because that's the battle for last place in the Pac-12. Mm -hmm. Utah's hosting Cal into their place. A little bit of a Sickos committee type matchup going on there. But I really like to see what happens there. And Oregon-Stanford is just a huge series. Um, I don't want to say Oregon season's on the ropes because they're 21-9. But their conference standing is definitely up for grabs, I suppose, after losing the series to Oregon State and now having to host a top 10 team in the country in your backyard right after that. Not easy sledding there. UCLA gets the lone non-conference week uh, they'll host uc davis arizona state makes the pilgrimage up to seattle they'll take on washington and then vice versa the uh, cougs out of pullman will go down to uh no i'm sorry uh, arizona's coming up to pullman for some reason i thought that series was going to be um, in tucson so getting into kind of the predictions for the series. First time I've said it all year, give me the Utah Utes to take two out of three from the Cal Golden Bears. They'll take Friday and then a Cal will get them back on Saturday and Utah will win that Sunday rubber match. They've got a knack for winning those Sunday games. Usually they've already lost the series, but I think that they've got what it takes to pull that one out. Stanford, Oregon, I want to say Stanford. Stanford, but I feel like this would be such an Oregon storyline of this whole season to take this series from Stanford. They took their series from UCLA, I believe, also at home. And for me, it just seems so right. The way this Oregon season started is get swept, sweep, get swept. Now they just lose a conference series to their rival, and now they have to host the best team in the conference. 
some reason, something about it just tells me Oregon's going to win this series. I hope I'm wrong. But for now, give me Oregon to take that series two out of three. UCLA will take UC Davis, I'd assume, pretty easily. And these last two, these Arizona and these Washington series going on here, ASU Washington, Arizona Washington State, are really kind of interesting for me here. We'll provide some late, great late night uh, TV if the Beeb game wraps up early. The Sun Devils are playing maybe the best baseball in the conference. Tough to say because Stanford did just come off a weekend sweep, but so did the Sun Devils. And they're sitting up there now at 24-9. and nine. And if you catch them on the right day, that puts them at number one in the Pac-12 standings. Washington dropped the Series 2. Oregon State dropped the Series 2. Arizona. Uh, I got to take Arizona State here, I would think, to take at least two from Washington up at Goss North. But again... Won't be surprised. This is a tricky one to call here. Um, Arizona State's the better ball club, but anything can happen when you're traveling that far and going into a different climate. Uh, Arizona and Washington State, I think exactly because of that, give me the Cougs. Bounce back. Just got swept by Arizona State. Um, a rough couple of past weeks for them. They're now sitting at 18 and 12. Give me the Cougs to take two from Arizona. I don't think you take all three. And finally... Wrapping up on the Beavs and the Trojans. I do think the Beavs take this series as well. They stay hot. They keep the momentum rolling. Make that, uh, that would be, what, three, four series in a row? Winning in the Pac-12. Um, so all of those things are just going to help kind of creep up the Pac-12 standings. Slowly but surely get you a good seed into the tournament. Pick up a couple wins in that tournament. And then anything could happen. Um, you really just want to f- enter that postseason tournament, not even the Pac-12. I mean, obviously you want to enter the Pac-12 one hot, but you want to ent- enter your regional playing as one of the best teams in the country because anything can happen. You've seen Fresno State win it. Uh, hell, even the Beavs in 07, they were like the last team in. Uh, they took it. Uh, Ole Miss, when they won it, they were on the bubble. They weren't even supposed to probably get in, and they won the whole thing. It's all timing. You just got to get into this tournament red hot, and they've got a chance to do it. They've got a momentum-building series right before the season's over in UCLA. Take that series. I don't want to discredit Western Carolina, but coast through Western Carolina. Get healthy, finish your season, get rested. Use that momentum, roll into the Pac-12 tournament. Take a couple games there. You don't have to win the thing. Hey, no, don't have to win it. But take a couple there, and you should be looking pretty good going into a tournament as a two seed, maybe a three seed. And hell, if you win enough series and maybe you sweep a couple along the way, maybe you're hosting. Maybe Corvallis gets a regional. I'll always be hoping for that. Uh, there's nothing quite like a game down there at Goss during the postseason. I've uh, been to a couple now, and it's really unmatched. Uh, usually the weather is beautiful by that time. Gets cold after the sun goes down, as we all know it does down there at Goss Stadium. And it, it just turns up a whole nother level for the Beavs. So that'd be really, really cool to see them back there playing postseason baseball in Goss this year. And I think this is a team that can do it. That they've got the what it takes down the stretch here to put these things into place and, and really make sure that, that they're looking all right going into postseason play. The pitching is starting to come around. 
even though you've got all these young left-handers, they're starting to get some experience as the season goes on. And I know that was probably part of Mitch Cannon's plan all along, is he knew these guys were young. He knew that he was going to need to get them experience and get them ready for what is the goal of every team that ever plays college baseball at the Division One level, and that is to get to Omaha. So taking a brief look at the official Pac-12 standings, not the power rankings now after the non-conference games have been played in the midweek. Um, Stanford and Arizona State tied for that top spot. I think the actual top spot would go to Stanford just because their overall record is slightly better, although they played three less games. Uh, USC slotted in there at three. They're nine and three in conference. Haven't dropped a series yet. Followed by UCLA, Oregon, Washington, Oregon State. Uh, and then Wazoo, Arizona, Utah, and Cal to close. But if you look at these, I mean, USC 9-3, and three, UCLA 8-5-1, Oregon State 7-8. Uh, Two-game win here, that's 9-8. and eight. That put USC at 10-5. and five. Um, And all of a sudden, you are, are right on uh, their heels in the Pac-12 standings here. UCLA, who do, they've got the midweek, so they'll stay at 8-5-1. So if Beavs can take two, um, they would, uh, I believe jump UCLA. I'm not sure how that works with the losses, but they would have more wins than UCLA in conference, um, which would at least put them in fifth, depending on the outcomes of the Oregon and the Washington series. Oregon sitting at seven and five. So this is where I was saying that a series loss or a sweep would really be tricky for them. They would now sit at seven and eight, but I guess they would have some of their toughest series behind them. So uh, it's going to be uh, an absolute spectacle to watch this Pac-12 conference come to a close and, and fight for positioning because it is going to be a lot of these middle-of-the-pack teams that are going to need to win series that they need to win, and they're going to need to pull some out for seeding purposes for the NCAA tournament and maybe even get a couple Pac-12 host sites in there right now. I could only assume it's probably just Stanford looking to host right now. Um, I don't even know if Arizona State is currently ranked, um, which would be, uh, I'd say not technically a surprise. I think they kind of scuffled out of the gate. Uh, Stanford is currently ranked 8, and Arizona State j did break it this week at 24, with UCLA sitting right there at 22. So those are the three ranked Pac-12 teams that you've got. Oh, no, wow. I did not realize it's a ranked series this weekend. Uh, South Carolina, South Carolina, Southern California, USC is ranked 23 according to D1Baseball.com. So the Beavs are welcoming in ranked USC into their house. And now that I know that, I'm going to change my prediction from Beavs take two. Give me the Beavs taking all three. Um, give me any of those low 20s, right? Freshly in the rankings teams and uh, come have them play Oregon State and they'll take that number right off the front of your name. Just did it last week to Oregon and they'll look to do it this weekend against USC as well. So the four teams ranked, I'd assume if Oregon State can take this series, they'd probably make some noise back with the rankings. I'm trying to see if they received any votes. It doesn't look like they have that posted for D1 baseball. But I think this will be something that really set the beads on the right track, taking two ranked series in a row, four conference series in a row, and that team will be rolling. But that is my big prediction and preview for this weekend. 
Um, thank you all for tuning in. Again, a huge shout out to 40 Plat FC, my good friend JPD, for tweaking this and tuning it up and making it sound top tier. Um, he's one of the best in the game. Um, so thank you all very much. Big weekend for the Beavs. I'll be watching it. I'll be keeping up to it on Twitter as best I can. I work over the weekends, so I try and keep an eye out. But uh, until Tuesday, hopefully I've got good news to recap. And hopefully it'll be a bit of a fiery podcast end for you. But uh, have a good rest of your weekend. Absolutely number one thing, go Beavs. And I will talk to you guys on the other end.